0: I'm Brian Hu, I'm Ada Singh, and welcome to Saturday School.
1: When your friends are watching Saturday morning cartoons, you're being forced to learn Asian American pop culture history. This is Saturday School, a course about Asian American pop culture history. Our first semester, we're calling Asian American Comedy 101. And if you haven't listened to the first episode, we talked about Randall Park's comedy shorts. For this class, we are going to concentrate on a movie called Ping Pong Playa by Jessica Yu.
0: Meet Christopher Wang. Mr. Wang? It's Wong, dog. I'm sorry, Wong. Not Wong. Wong. Chris Wong walked
1: the walk. What up, player?
0: was Top the top. Come on, come on. Ah! Stop like a turkey. And slept as late as humanly possible. But his perfect life is about to be wrecked. Nicey, nicey! Oh! <clears throat> oh, wait a minute now.
1: Do you like this movie as much as I do?
0: I think I like it more than really? you do. <laughs> For our listeners who don't know what it's about, Ping Pong Player is from 2007, so this is before Jeremy Lin, but post Yao Ming. So this is, imagine this guy, Chinese American, name is Christopher Wang, but he goes by C-dub. Played by the one and only Jimmy Tsai. What are you smoking? And it's set in the Southern California suburbs, think like San Gabriel Valley. There are a lot of Asian Americans in the neighborhood. Therefore, there is a Chinese American ping pong store and after-school program where C Dub talks a lot of trash to little kids. Game over, <laughs> He wants to be a basketball star. He wants to be Yao Ming. He wants to be Manu Ginobili. He he wants nothing to do with his family business of ping pong. Which, as much as he likes to talk up his Asian Americanness, he really. Really hates anything Chinese that seems to him not up to the, the the standards of masculinity that he wants from from basketball aka blackness <laughs> Meanwhile his, his black best friend is learning Chinese in the movie Hey doll, that's harsh man this is harsh The film is kind of about like a Chinese American person fighting off his his family's Chineseness and then his his own desires for Americanness. When the family business is in crisis, a C-dub has to step up and embrace his ping-pong side that he's been suppressing all these years. So, so, so in that sense, it's kind of a traditional Asian-American comedy. But what takes it to the next level is Mr. Jimmy Tsai, <laughs> who gives a performance unlike any other. And, and one that like, um, is, is so – he's kind of a buffoon in this movie. Like, like he's, he wants you to laugh at him, but at the same time, he wants to be a character you've never seen before.
1: Yeah, I remember watching it. I think it was at the L.A. Asian Pacific Film
0: Festival. I think I'm pretty sure we were sitting next to each other.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you remember it because it was a while ago, but I kind of got the feeling that like some people loved it, but a lot of people didn't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, definitely people didn't know what to do with it. I was actually I was on the jury that year for the L.A. Asian Pacific Film Festival. And this is one of the films in competition. I remember I, I definitely liked it more than the other jurors. And if, if their reaction is representative of other people's reactions, I would say that there, this, is, this goes back to a bias against comedy, where comedy is not necessarily taken to be, quote, unquote, important filmmaking. But this is even one step further in that direction, because it's like there haven't really been that many Asian-American comedies. So not only is there a bias against comedy, we also just didn't know what to do with an Asian-American comedy. Like, how much of this are we supposed to be laughing at? How much of this is laughter that is actually a form of critique? How much of this is just Jimmy Tsai embarrassing himself? <laughs> so I think that was just a misrecognition of like, how do we how do we recognize this as a comedy the way we would if Will Ferrell was in this Yeah, role? yeah.
1: It's definitely a Will Ferrell type role. Kind of a guy who's overconfident <laughs> and finding the humor in that. Yeah, it's a classic Will <laughs> Ferrell role. And Asian Americans don't really get to do that. I guess Randall Park might be the closest one to somebody who's been able to do that on a smaller scale because he definitely doesn't do that on Fresh Off the Boat.
0: Right yeah and he hasn't really had the chance to do it but but of all people jimmy Tsai has and i think that's that's really special you know man you think my parents supported my dream of becoming the first chinese player in the nba man hell no man it was always about you know go study hit the books man go play violin and you feel that held you back hell yeah man i mean dude look at my one chinese brother man his parents made him play the accordion for 10 years man look at what happened to him what what, what happened homies in tech support now man it hurts me dog it hurts me i'm sorry don't touch me. I mean, he's he's definitely he's definitely a, a caricature. Yeah, like, and most of the people who Asian Americans who you kind of like grew up with who talk black, it is it is kind of absurd that this guy exists, especially in the suburbs, especially like in the Southern California suburbs. We're not talking about like Asian Americans who are growing up in the hood.
1: I think it takes a little bit to kind of buy him as a character because I think when he first comes on, he comes on strong. <laughs> You're like, who is this guy? But like yes, very quickly, you buy into it, and then you sort of just see him as. More than how he talks and how he acts, but the younger sibling who isn't living up to his older, you know, more model minority type sibling.
0: But like how, how refreshing is it that like we've seen in other movies before where an Asian American man kind of overcompensates a model minority in order to, have to express a sort of hyper masculinity. And often it's like they become gangsters or like they, they, they like, like a better look tomorrow. Whereas here, it's sort of like, that's kind of silly, too. Like, why do Asian American men have to, like, overcompensate on their masculinity because the rest of the country doesn't think that they're masculine? Here's a case where somebody is doing that, and it's very knowing, like, winking at us, saying, like, but you can laugh at that, too. You can laugh at the fact that Asian American men have this complex. It doesn't diminish the fact that they have a complex. And that's why, that's what happens when, because we love C-dub so much that we kind of get where he's coming from. But at the same time, we could also laugh at the fact that a lot of Asian American men are becoming buffoons in in, in their quest for manhood, (laughs) a a manhood that is coded as blackness. We could laugh at that.
1: Right, sure.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I just watched it thinking, these characters are all ones I grew up with. Like I've seen characters in movies before, Asian American films, where I'm like, ah, I see the struggle between the generations. And this makes me reflective and appreciative of what my parents have done for me. Whereas this one laughs at the whole thing, but, like, but like, this helps me, like, laugh at them in a way that is like in a knowing way, in a way that, like, helps me make sense of it all. That was, like, such an aha moment for me.
1: I related to the scenes of the parents. Like, remember that scene where the mom is talking to the other moms, and they're bragging about their kids, and he, she's so embarrassed that oh, man. <laughs> C-Dub so is, like, kind of not living up to these standards? I remember that scene in particular, being like, oh, that is
0: so our Chinese school community. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the parents were so good in this movie. Like, I I feel like, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that unlike so many Asian American films we've seen before, and we've talked about this. Everyone's accents are off. Whereas this film, I think, because the team was very very Chinese American, and in fact, there was there was it got financing from Terry Goh, who's from Taiwan. That I think that they cared a little bit more about the sonic authenticity of of all the accents and the languages. They actually kind yeah, of sound like our parents. Definitely. So I think that's also something to appreciate Not as well. Not only kind
1: of the accents, but kind of, you know, how they yell at them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like so much more natural, but yet no less comic um, than something like Fresh Off the Boat, where which I love too, but it, which, is, it, which still feels like everything is, is there as a joke. Whereas in ping pong play, like when the parents are just fed up with their ridiculous kid, like, it's, it's it feels kind of realistic. <laughs> They're not making really a joke. They just set up with it. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also back to the whole Chinese schools thing and, like, these kind of after-school programs that I'm pretty sure aren't unique to Asian Americans, but that we definitely had to go through. It was It was great to see that on screen. Also, just to see, like, how somebody like him responds to being in a situation like that, because that's what spoke to me. It wasn't the fact that he was in these kind of after-school programs or he was surrounded by them. It's just that... I don't know about you, but, like, remember when I was in these kind of, like, after-school tutoring programs or SAT classes? That was, like, my opportunity to start acting a fool. We're going like to, kind of take over, pick on the teacher. But that's what makes him such a great character because he's, like, you could tell he's hes a, he's a loner in reality. Like, he, he doesn't really have friends. His friends are misfits and little kids.
1: But from the kid's point of view, like, they see him as a really... Great friend. When he ends up having to compete in ping pong, the kids become his squad. Basically, like they help him train. I don't know. Like I just, I just think this is a really funny movie. I feel like I recommended it to people that I don't think really care that much about Asian American issues, and it, it totally translates because it, it's just like a funny film.
0: Yeah, it's definitely comedy first, and then whatever social significant. I, I don't even think they were really thinking about social significance, except in. Broad strokes of, like, anti-model minority. Yeah, I
1: think, I mean, I think if you read interviews with them, it was a conscious decision just to make it a flat-out fun, silly comedy, just because you don't see that that often, especially in these um, Asian-American festival circles.
0: yeah. And as a result, I think the movie traveled pretty well. I think it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival, which was a huge deal. But also it's because Jessica Yu is like a documentary auteur.
1: I I think that's cool, too. She's the one who decided, hey, like, you know, I've tackled all these serious topics in documentary form. But when I'm making a feature, I'm just going to go all out and make a really silly, fun comedy.
0: Yeah. And also because people have been talking about how Jessica Yu is one of those Asian-American filmmakers who doesn't make films about Asian-Americans. And when she finally does, it's 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 about Jimmy Tsai of all of all people. But it makes sense because if, you, if you've seen her documentaries, often she's attracted to just unusual characters, and she must have saw something in Jimmy the way she's seen in kind of other artists that she's profiled. It's something absurd and unique and kind of at the limits. And that's definitely what Ping Pong Playa is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like a safe suburban comedy. Like like it's it's not really pushing that many buttons. And by the end, like, the, the details have shifted. Like, I think in the beginning of the film, it's more about, like, the details about a ethnic home. But by the end, it's just the details of yeah, a ridiculous sports yeah. comedy.
1: You're laughing about, like, the short shorts. In the end, it's just about, like, whether he can beat his competitors. So that's the end of episode two. I can't believe it's been almost ten years since Ping Pong Player came out. Feels like yesterday. Saturday School is a proud member of Potluck, a collective of podcasts that feature stories and voices from the Asian-American community. Saturday School is produced by me and Brian. Our logo is by Grace Talis Lee. Our theme song is courtesy of Rimsky Music and Premium Beat. We have a tiny letter newsletter that you can sign up for to get lecture notes. Tiny Letters slash Saturday School podcast. Or if you have any questions or comments, you can tweet us. I'm at Ada Singh, A D A T S E N G, and Brian's at Who's Brian, H U S B R I A N. Next week we go a little bit farther in history. Your assignment is to watch The Wedding Banquet by Ang Lee. Class dismissed like